This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss, it's a bit of after the Chelsea, before the Newcastle kind of main show. Joining me, Mr. Phil Shaw and Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello, sir. How are you doing? All good in the hood. Uh, What have you guys been up to in between games? I had a Friday night down at the bridge. How how did that go? It was all right, man. It was good. Did you bump into any City fans? Uh, the no. 9,000. Well, apparently, the last train out of Houston was half 10, so none of the City fans bothered getting the train yeah, down. Right. So apparently you'd have had, whatever it was, 9,000 or so, must have got coaches down, which is, that's a good effort. Mm. Phil, have you been uh, watching the Traitors? I have been watching the Traitors. I'm all traded up, I'm fully up to date, so I won't spoil it for anyone. But it, it's Ooh. good TV, good study of human nature. You know? It is actually. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see the whole Villa squad in, in like a <laughs> celebrity Traitors who do you think could win? <laughs> Who would you pick as the first three traitors? It'd have to be Martinez, Louise, maybe? Mm, that's too obvious, isn't it? Yeah, it's too obvious, yeah. There's one to ponder. Right, so before we get on, I just want to say a big shout out to Green King Sports. We're one month in to the new year and the AFCON's still going. The FA Cup is warming up nicely. Villa's still in it. It's it's almost like a minor miracle. And of course, the Premier League action will really heat up, especially now uh, Villa have got some big, juicy uh, home ties at Villa Park to come. So beat the January Blues and watch every game with an atmosphere it deserves. Don't settle for those dodgy streams if it's on telly. Then it's on at your local Green King across huge HD screens. If you download the Green King Sports app, you'll receive 10% off every drink whenever there's a game on. And there's only a few days left if you are doing the dry January Green King Sport venues always have a good range of low and non-alcoholic options, so it doesn't mean you have to settle for a worse sports-watching experience. Right, Villa News. Villa getting into trouble with the, the FA on multiple fronts Mm. some people aren't doing their jobs obviously first one football supporters association have informed my old man said that the fa hasn't passed 
the second Villa Crest, i.e. second in the last year, the commercial department's backdoor crest, shall we say. As the FA rules say, no club can make any material changes to its club crest without first undertaking a thorough and extensive consultation with its supporters. Then that's M8. Uh, M9 is a club must be in a position to evidence that a majority of its supporters are in favour of a material change to the club crest prior to making any such change. So apparently it never got FA approval, this crest. And of course, you're in a position where the actually the club in their fan engagement plan, which is basically uh, underlining what Premier League have told them to do, and in their fan engagement plan for the start of this year, heritage assets were essentially the main thing that supporters would be consulted on whatever the situation. The club have identified the following as heritage assets that we regard in scope for fan consultation and when consulting will ensure compliance with all elements of the FA rules of association relating to heritage assets. So that's the name of the club, Aston Villa. That's the club crest. That's the stadium name, Villa Park. And that's the stadium location as well. And the colours of the home kit, claret and blue. This is to defend supporters because you've seen many clubs going out of business you've seen many clubs having difficulties because overseas owners have come in and you know just kind of ripped the heart and soul out of them you've also seen certain owners trying to change the club crests the club colors so this is just fundamental rules and there's nothing in this gross commercial world that football is now with you know billions flooding into it the only people who don't see the benefits of it really is the supporters and this is just the fundamental safeguard for supporters so there's fans out there who are saying oh this is self-interest of some people about the design of the crest it's nothing to do with that the only self-interest in the design of the crest is like you know the various people who are out there trying to design crests and you see them see them on social media and you know to be frank most of them are better than some of the drafts the club have put out there but this is just fundamental rules it's got nothing to do with what the design is like you have to follow a process and personally i asked hatton and heck in those meetings about these rules and complying with these rules and what are you doing for consultation and they say we're not doing consultation we'll leave it to the professionals Oops. That the whole idea of why there are these rules is to safeguard the heritage assets of clubs. So uh, they've tripped up there big time and it was totally avoidable. How many times do I have to mention these rules to them in these meetings? Second, Villa women trying to turn a corner, improving results, although they did get beat 2-1 by Manchester United this weekend. Beat Sunderland 7-0 in the Conti Cup. And then they bring on a player who played for Arsenal three times in the Conti Cup. Despair, don't you? This isn't somebody who's played like a minute or two, came on as a sub for Arsenal uh, in one of the earlier rounds of games. This is somebody who's played three games in that tournament. Surely she would have said something. Surely the club do due diligence. Surely the manager knows this. I mean, it's it's just gross incompetence. Yeah, and with the 3-0 up as well, any need to bring her on, no, the game was dead. It was done, yeah. pointless. Anyway, it's, it's a clear thing. Doing well on the pitch, off the pitch, not so good. It's as simple as that. Meanwhile, transfer rumours were coming up to the deadline. It's upon us very soon. The only live wire seems to be the Morgan Rogers situation from uh, Middlesbrough, who seem to be resisting the situation. I don't know if there's any other suitors. I've heard West Ham being banded about. But the price is getting higher and higher to the point of where it has to be a banker now, doesn't he? Because if they're buying him with a few of... Eventually, you're going to have to make a profit on this. 
will be their view on any anybody who's uh, let's say around his uh, age 21 I've seen little clips of him and he looks like a you know a useful player but you're doing it at championship level you're having little moments in the league cup but if if Villa are looking for to spend good money on a you know this isn't like you know in sort of Grealish Madison Mount guys like that were tearing up the championship I don't get the feeling he's like the standout player in the league it's it's unless it's like a sort of a money ball um, scouting thing where it's like I want a player yeah that's what I'm saying yeah and maybe he's got the attributes that he thinks we want. Yeah, well, I think he, I think he's, he's got pedigree. I mean, he's he was picked up the city at the, for their under sixteen team and then let go again. And he's he's tall, and it was something that the Villa team before didn't have a lot of height. And if you put sort of like he, like he's a powerful sort of or he's the potential to be a sort of powerful runner. So he does offer something a bit different. But you know, Emery seemed to have taken a liking to him. So it, it's one of the reasons that he's across the front three, like most of sort of forwards are nowadays. I saw the goal he scored against Chelsea in the League Cup, and he cutting from the left it's a really good goal and you're sort of thinking well maybe Emery thinks well I've got Bailey Diaby and then Zaniola as a three out on the right I want to nail down my left hand side which he hasn't yet you know obviously Ramsey keeps getting injuries Tielemann gets comes in and out the side so maybe he wants another option and a bit of just variety maybe he can't trust Duran either Buendia would be an option for that sign, yeah. side as well when he comes back so we'll see what happens there and the other mystery is the uh, Duran situation because he is more He's a player in development, isn't he? Still at Villa, yeah. and I find it—I would find it hard to think that Chelsea would pay. I mean, the high idea of loaning him out is ridiculous for starters, because yeah. we've got fuck all backup for Watkins. So that's a no-no from my point of view. And then if you're going to sell him, you—you got to be—you don't go to the trouble of spending eighteen million on him and then sell him for twenty twenty-five. It's what's the point? Unless he's really flaring up and he wants out, which it, you know, it looks like his agent's peddling rumours everywhere but I don't think he's done enough since we've bought him for 18 to suggest to a Chelsea or a West Ham or whoever that they would drop 30 plus on him no chance I mean Chelsea were putting a price tag of 50 million on Broha and it's even sort of a, I know he got a bad he got a bad injury but it's, it's, in, it's in the same boat it's the unproven potential I mean is that the, the cost of unproven potential nowadays but he's injured anyway so uh, I doubt he will be going anywhere but it, it, I don't know it just seemed a bit fanciful like, those links to in a slow window in general hasn't it across the league really it's, it's been a, a pretty dead so from one. that point of view you've kind of got to watch out for what is real and, and what's not mm-hmm. meanwhile uh, FA Cup draw we still have business to take care of against Chelsea and that tie is by no means over be interesting to see how that's priced uh, that is the big test but if you get through it then you've got a home tie against championship opposition uh, either Leeds or Plymouth so I think that livens that game up a bit I think so I think so and obviously because you already had you know well, are you going to have Vidal or Chelsea hopefully Chelsea out of the competition you've already got Arsenal out and you've already got Tottenham out so you've got some heavy hitters out the window already and the only other bit of news really is the Luton game has been put back two and a half hours to a 5.30 kickoff on the 2nd of March right three points Right, it's getting interesting overseas in terms of uh, tweaks to rules. And let's be honest, uh, these are two departments that have been crying out for some change. Uh, Number one, a game in Belgium is actually going to be replayed due to a VAR mistake. The incident took place during Ghent's 2-1 loss to Anderlecht at Lotto Park at the end of December. When Yarosaw scored from a rebound after a missed penalty, VAR disallowed the goal. 
inciting encroachment by Saw himself in the penalty area, but overlooking encroachment by two Anderlecht players. Ghent filed an appeal arguing that VAR had misapplied the rules and their appeal has been upheld. Ooh. Now that's that precedent yeah, is that's opening bad in it. Vortex of chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're opening the the never ending Premier League season considering how many VAR mistakes have been that's 23, 24, 25, 26 season that would be. You're going to be playing like, <laughs> you're going to be playing like replays of every match most weeks. Yeah, so here are the Premier League and uh, FA bending over backwards to uh, get rid of replays in the FA Cup and the League Cup and here we go. The, the league games will actually now have replays. We might get some more bang for our book for our season ticket though. Oh yeah. <laughs> or you'd be charged for the replay. Of course you would, Phil. Point number 2. Now, this is the one that interests me because I think this if you get this right, then it should be in straight away. And it's the MLS have been they've been trialing this and they're going to bring it in. It's uh, essentially new rules to cut down on players wasting time and feigning injuries. Although there's going to be potentially an MLS referee strike at the start of the season, which begins it's the end of Feb, I, I believe. So that might compromise it. But anyway, the principle is if you get injured, you have to leave the pitch, don't you, within 15 seconds? Yeah. If, if, you're, on, if you're on the ground for more than 15 seconds, um, you have to leave the field for three minutes. Yeah. So that's great. So if you're faking it, then they just boot you. If you're over 15 seconds, you're off the pitch and it's almost like you're sitting in the sin bin for three minutes. And they've tested this and they, they have said over 18 months of implementation in MLS Next Pro, uh, there was an 80% reduction in stoppages. I mean, last season, I couldn't quite believe what I was watching most of the time. I was literally watching people lying on the floor and that was pretty much most of my match-going experience. And that was only our goalie. <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, because I, I, I lost my rag in, in that Palace game this season, when Johnson went down, and I thought, I can't take any more of this. I oh, was going to be jumping. Out, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll be abseiling down from the upper hole and raiding the pitch. This is just taking the piss out of the money I've paid. I haven't paid to see grown men rolling around feigning injury. And, uh, of course, uh, Villa decided to start scoring in the, in the final minutes. Good last, good last ten minutes. That one. Yeah, I've heard it's. I've heard it was an epic uh, last ten minutes. <laughs> Sounded great from the car park, <laughs> from the train. Whatever nuances are there in this? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the the second rule is that it requires a substituted player to leave the pitch within ten seconds. If not, the oncoming substitute will be kept off the pitch for a minute or until the next stoppage in play. Now, obviously, yeah. people will be saying, "Oh, what happens if you're injured and you need to stretch it off? You're not going to get off within ten seconds unless you're very prompt medical stuff." But there's ex- exemptions for injured injuries and goalkeeper substitutions and again this was trialed in the mls and next pro and there was only 10 violations across 3150 substitutions so yeah you know as soon as you put the rules in people behave i mean it's as, it's as simple as that there's far too much free reign and like again it's the referees letting them away with it i'm going to actually flag this up to pgmol and ask where it is in the in terms of the premier league and if it's actually been thought about because from a punter who pays money to go and watch football this would be appreciated uh, meanwhile point number three argentina coach Lionel Scaloni claims we are losing the essence of football. <laughs> he only just had that revelation. <laughs> Took him a while, didn't he? <laughs> Apparently he's criticised overuse of modern football tactics. 
saying that dribblers have been phased out of the game because as soon as you receive the ball, you are told to pass it. And this, you know, this goes right down to seven or eight year old. So he's basically saying you're not going to see another Messi anymore because if he had been told when he was eight just to pass it straight away, you're going to lose most of the essence of what kind of made him. I don't know. I mean, like Villa are very much on this pass it tip because it's the essence of their game. But I think it's actually, you're seeing them play better. When it clicks, it, it's, it's good, it's isn't it? It's great to watch. I, I, I think you're, you, you lose, to, to, you know, so you're sort of like a Gerardism. It's that moments of magic, isn't it? You don't get the mazy run or a 30-yard shot because, for example, we've said before, Villa don't score wonder goals. We kind of work a really yeah. good opportunity because it's the percentage play and then you get a better chance and you pass it in the net. If need, in, in theory, it's the, you go for the, the percentage play, but it's not as necessarily as entertaining. But it depends what you're into as well. You know, some people yeah. like passing football and when it clicks like that Man City game or quite a few games, like the Brighton game and various others, when it works, it's great to watch. I mean, and also football tactics adapt to the rules as well. Uh, I mean, we, yeah. you know, the time wasting is one of the things that, and that needs to be stamped out. But also you look at Emery and he's seen VAR and he and that's why he plays a high line completely. Yeah. VAR wasn't there when the, you know there was rumours that Chelsea Villa wasn't going to have VAR, and you're thinking, well, why? Because they've got it in the stadium. But anyway, it was just somebody who had misread the FA site because they mm. hadn't, hadn't actually put up the officials yet for VAR. If there hadn't been any VAR in that game, I think we'd be playing a different way. Well, I was going to come on yeah. to that later in the show, but actually, we 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 kind of did and Emery said as much after the game that we actually didn't play as high line if you remember the, the game in September yeah. in the league we played a very high line and we got caught a few times and Martin has bailed us out we lucky, and he did again yeah, yeah. and I think he you know they have they've got a pace throughout that front line Chelsea well we haven't mentioned is in the points is a couple of big removals removals and movals uh, in the job situation in terms of yeah. Klopp leaving Liverpool and Xavi uh, leaving Barcelona I don't think they'll be swapping over I think Klopp's probably walking away from football I would say maybe the Germany job is uh, probably the only one left. England would be great. I'd be, I mean, I'd be, he'd be a very likable England manager, I think. And if he doesn't yeah. want to do that, mm. if he's tired of the whole day-to-day management thing, international football would work for him. The irony of having a German manage England is, so is, funny, is wouldn't it? hilarious. Some people hate it. Like, you know, the, the, the lads who sing 10 German bombers would be, their heads <laughs> would explode. <laughs> you'd, you'd hate winning all those World Cups whenever you had a proper manager. It'd be awful, wouldn't it? It'd be great getting past quarterfinals. <laughs> I thought the reefs and everything would be laid at the end of the season, not like this week. I mean, it's been absolutely manic, but more of that later on uh, in Medium Muppets. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. No doubt. Right, so we'll, we'll talk about the Chelsea game. I mean, we're not going into any great depth. We'll do a reaction show to the Newcastle game because that's the big meaty, juicy game mm-hmm. uh, of the week uh, as far as we're concerned anyway. Uh, in terms of Chelsea, though, you you were intrigued. I think the game benefited from the fact that we'd been on a winter break, so it's not as if you're really needing to rest players. So that would allow us to go stronger, and that's kind of how it played out, wasn't it? I mean, Chelsea were in a situation mm. where they'd played a, a League Cup semi-final, and you could tell. I think that went a bit e- went a bit easier than they expected. But still, let's say we had a bit more uh, freshness about us going into this game. Cash came back. Unfortunately, the bad news was obviously Torres wasn't back yet. Uh, Luca Dean and Ramsey, you weren't expecting them back, and uh, Diaby was favoured over Bailey. Right, tell us all about the game, Chris. Bird. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you mentioned the the League Cup semi. Obviously, Chelsea had played on the Tuesday. We'd had well, we had basically the whole squad in Dubai because you know footballers are really original like that, and they all go to different destinations. But I felt it actually worked in the opposite way that Chelsea had had probably because it was an easy workout, but they looked like they were in. They had a bit more rhythm than Villa. They'd kind of had that game to get them up up and running. Which I'm hoping that Villa have used the Chelsea game for that purpose for Newcastle because you saw later on in the game sort of in the last 20 20 minutes or so when Villa actually got a bit of rhythm and got on top of Chelsea you thought there's only going to be one winner here as as the longer the game went on that said in the first half you kind of thought there's only going to be one winner here in Chelsea they were just tearing Villa to bits down Villa's Villa's left you know Moreno had a really difficult night gent for the most part you know I think he stuck to his task really well but they definitely pinned him back um and they had big chances didn't they you know the fact that by the end of the game, both goalkeepers were the sort of both teams' best player. Kind of speaks for itself. Well, we we alluded to the fact that Villa didn't play such a high line, but still, I mean, there was one and two moments where, yeah. or more than that, where Martinez was was essentially a sweeper keeper, and he was very switched on, mm-hmm. and he did snuff out a lot of, let's say, potential sticky moments for us. Yes, and I think he came out after the game and said, "I'd rather not be doing this, but." I'll sort of do it if I have to. Yeah, It wasn't so much the high line, especially in the first half. It was more that we were very, very narrow, as we tend to be a lot of the time. And we were, we were letting them, especially go after Moreno, but Sterling was was actually sort of, you know, he's, he's a bit hot and cold, I think, Sterling. But when he's on, he's still a really top player. And, you know, Cash and Moreno, I think, in terms of getting them back up to speed, they had a really difficult night. Having had a week off, you think, fucking hell, you're playing nippy wingers. And you, you're basically letting them isolate me. So there, there was so many one-on-ones. Yeah. And Chelsea didn't really play with a, a straight sort of number nine like we did with Watkins. They kind of had like a front three who would move around a lot and it was quite difficult to pick yeah. guys up. And it always felt like they had the extra man, which meant that Villa were always just isolated. Yeah, well, Chelsea Chelsea don't have a, a number nine. That's that's their, their main Anything problem. If, they have. if they did, they'd be a good sign. Yeah, because of about four or five interchangeable forwards, which you can only describe as headless chickens whenever the ball actually <laughs> comes to the, the number nine position. Because I, I actually think Matty Cash, I mean, he's been criticised a lot recently. I think he had one of his better games. And you've seen that in games where he, when he's up, like, when, you know, when, when there is a challenge up against him, somebody yeah. that's good, recognisable against him, Cash sort of rises to the challenge. It's just in like the, the games where he doesn't know who he's up against. It's not like a one on one duel that he, he struggles because he's played well against Brighton whenever they had their, 
wingers and then Sterling I thought he nullified Sterling reasonably well it was certainly a good battle I, w- I wouldn't say I know what you mean nullified he handled him pretty well going, going back to Chelsea not having a proper number nine maybe that's why they're after Jean Duran because they want to groom him into the next Drogba ooh interesting heard well, it here I first fanci- yeah, you well, heard it here first people I would have fancied Duran to take some of those chances that Chelsea fluffed to be honest I haven't seen him so far he usually has a shot on target at least thoughts on our back four they looked like they hadn't played for a couple of weeks, to be honest. It was just, I think Chelsea's tactics were good. They played well. You know, I think, is it nine nine unbeaten they'd had before going into the game at home? So they'd been playing well at Stamford Bridge. The game, obviously, midweek against Middlesbrough, they'd have been confident from. And I think they felt that let's just get after Villa um, and try and get a goal and look- then make Villa chase. Do you think you, you see it? Distinctly, there's there's a difference between there's a downgrade from Longley uh, from Torres in yes. terms of yeah. passing it yeah. forward. Yes, especially when Chelsea, other teams have sat off us a bit. You know, when you're playing a team playing a low block, I think you're fine. It doesn't necessarily matter too much. Torres gives you that incisiveness. What Longley lacked was they were going right after the centre backs and playing a really high press, especially in the first half. And you thought there's no way they can maintain this, and they didn't. Yeah. But to begin with, we were playing ourselves into trouble a lot. And again, it was the sort of the ball into Kamara, as we've said, not picking the ball up on the half term. It was with his back to goal. And there was two or three occasions where we played ourselves into trouble. And frankly, to go in at nil-nil at the half waypoint, I was over the moon. You're thinking, how have Chelsea not either A, scored or B, a Chelsea team of old, you know, in the days of Drogba, Shevchenko and name any other plethora of world-class strikers, they'd have been home and dry. That said, we, had, we, we were the team who'd had the ball in the net and Tielemans had had a really big chance, hadn't he? We had two, actually. Yeah. had a header and a, had a pullback. You think, oh, I just hit the fucking target and you score. Well, one thing you do notice about Chelsea over two games is they know how we play and yeah. they aggressively go after us. Yeah, yeah. And really, all they're lacking in the way we play is is the goal, the finisher. But in terms of their, their yeah. overall play, I was actually fairly impressed. You know, I thought the battle between Casado in the middle, Luis and Kamara, you know, Casado's a really good player. They've, they've spent a lot of money and not all of them have come good yet in terms of the attacking sense. But I actually think their midfield options, they've got a really good and it was a really good battle. Do you, think, do you think there'll be a force next season? Maybe. They'll certainly be better. I think I think they'll improve through the season and then it'll be a case of, it'll depend on what they buy. You know, if they buy well in the summer, that- I don't think they need to buy a lot, but they need to buy the right players now. Yeah, I think getting into that cup final is a big confidence boost for them Save because it's, it's like, A, it's a carrot on the stick, but it's also mm-hmm. affirmation, isn't it? And it, yeah. that will help young players a lot. And that's what Villa kind of need at this stage. We will need if we either a good FA Cup run. European and, run. And, well, a final. I mean, when we're saying cup runs now, we're not talking about getting into the quarterfinals or semifinals. We, we, we're on about getting in the final and you know winning winning one of these yep. FA Cup or the uh, conference because that's where we're at at the level of the team that we've got at the moment yep I was impressed with I was impressed with Chelsea for the most part and I actually thought Villa kind of went toe to toe with them for the most part they had some pretty hairy moments but I also thought I thought Chelsea did you know obviously when we had the ball in the net you thought right Chelsea are going to have to come out and really play now and obviously it gets chalked off Louise is unlucky, isn't he, really? But it is the right decision. I think um, Phil had yeah. noted before we recorded that, you know, we had that decision against Arsenal where a lot of people thought, why the fuck has that not been given? So if we got away with one in that one, uh, you know, it works both ways. And I think if that decision had gone against us and it had been given as a goal, you'd have been raging. So in that sense, it's it's frustrating. He's very unlucky, but it's, it is the right decision. Phil, how do you, how do you see the replay going? Mm, I think... Villa just need to up their general performance level because that's mm. what we've been talking about. That while they have the players now and they have the tactics that mean they're no pushovers no matter who they play, it's just the generals or like levels need to go up one or two notches just across the pitch. I mean, yeah. 
other than Martinez, I don't think anybody's having stellar games at the minute. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of six out of tens at the minute. It was before, like, you know, City, yeah. it was like everyone was a nine or Arsenal, you eights and sevens. At the moment, you've got too many guys who are, I wouldn't say coasting because that's a bit harsh, but their, their, their performance during a game is sort of quite up and down. And I think teams are learning how to nullify. Like I thought McGinn was quiet against Chelsea again. But as soon as we got, strangely actually, it was as soon as Chelsea brought Ben Chilwell on, the game just changed. And all of a sudden, like we were getting after them and the chances started coming in. Watkins had a big one, didn't he? Their keeper makes an amazing save from Cash. And Villa were just getting at them then. And he thought, we've got on top of them here. But it just took us a long time to get into our rhythm. And as we said against like United, Sheffield United as well, Everton did a good job, um, Brentford did as well. Teams who break up our momentum and rhythm, we haven't quite worked out how to find an alternative way yet. I think there is an air of concern at the moment of uh, what we've been seeing recently in terms of performances. And I think that's why, I mean, me personally, I can't wait for that Newcastle game because mm-hmm. I think they'll need to uh, perform Up to, to win bit. that. And they and they need, a let's say, a, a decent performance just to instill a bit of belief again and, and get the fires burning for the rest of the season because it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's like the, the Emery sort of tactic. If you don't get the early goal and then set into your sort of like pattern of control, the other option is for the stay end of the game until it's your turn to go for it. But the problem with that, you saw in this game from 70 minutes on, it doesn't leave you very long to win a game. I mean, the Everton game, Villa really came into it again in the last sort of quarter. And it only leaves you the last quarter of the game to actually win it. I mean, you can run out of time to score the goal because I think Villa's fitness against Chelsea, it showed that they had had the week off because, again, like you said, there was only going to be one winner towards the end. They were really outrunning Chelsea all over the pitch and they were getting, and Watkins was finally getting free. And that shot he had was a good snapshot because other than that, he didn't really have any service at all. Nope. Yeah, I thought he brought Bailey on a bit late. Yeah, with, it was, like, it was that, weird that what one. you just said. Diaby yeah. had worked one hard, but he was he was very ineffective again. And and I just thought Bailey was would have been the option to kind of even for sort of twenty minutes or even fifteen, just to give yourself that chance. Because you'd always you we've said every time we talked about him, you always think Bailey will either score or he'll make a big opportunity for you. And you would have fancied him against Chelwell. Diaby had twenty four touches before he got subbed on the ninetieth minute, so he. It wasn't really making an a, impression a at all. So many of them were, were with his back to goal, and that's just not his game. Yeah. You know, he's a get your head down and run at people kind of player. So yeah, I was surprised Bailey didn't come on uh, until uh, well, the, the final makes me think he will be final definitely starting against Newcastle though. Yeah, they need to come out the blocks quick against Newcastle. But yeah, um, that's, that game is not a, just because we've got them at home. It's not a foregone conclusion that one. The Chelsea game, mm. no, the second leg isn't because I think Chelsea will. Fancy no. the chances to probably approach the game in a pretty similar way. Replay, it's not a second leg. Replay. Yeah, sorry, the, the replay. Yeah, because um, <laughs> hmm. especially I think if they'd have got um, if they'd have got a goal in the first half and given themselves something to hold on to, it would have been a very different game because of the pace they've got on the break. You know, we played well, yeah, a much, we saying, played a, yeah. a much more retreat. You know, we didn't play a high line as much at Chelsea because they, we knew obviously they, they could run in behind. It opened the game, but we just didn't play. I, I just think there's maybe Emery will have used it not as a training exercise, clearly because you want to win the game, but he will have learned a lot in terms of where his players are at and therefore what they need to be doing. But we have seen a trend that this isn't the first time we've seen a performance like that in the last 
month. In fact, if anything, no, it's just con- it's continued the trend. Maybe they're they're getting predictable without Torres because the one thing about Torres is passing. He yeah. always does a pass that surprises you. You know, he, long lines. He tries to advance the ball. He tries to hit it forward, but you know it's very predictable. It's to the mm. open man. It's like Torres will get the ball and he'll take a couple of steps, and all of a sudden the pass will go, and you go, "Oh, I didn't even see him." You know, it's it's like a midfielder's pass, not a defender's well, pass. He, yeah, he's the guy who gets us through the lines. We couldn't do that mm-hmm. against Chelsea. The teams flood the midfield, and we really struggle. We get bogged down very easily. I would say it's in Villa's interest to have, let's say, nice prices for that because this is going to be tough. And uh, I think you need to fill that ground for this one. I think so. And, and R- restore the goodwill from what happened with the Everton pricing. But we shall see. In the same way that we you know they leaked a, you know, an Adidas kit launch, knowing that well, that will get good favour. A bonus cup game sandwiched between two Category A league games. Uh, you know, the yeah. prices for both are fucking sky high. You know, you're sort of looking at 60 plus quid for a, some of the best seats in the house for that one. Yeah. You know, Newcastle, I think they played Man City earlier in the comp- in the League Cup. They charged 15 quid. I'm not suggesting they charge 15, but like you sort of 20 quid would be would be good. And you know, I've seen a couple of people, including yeah, one on Twitter. These boys won't charge 20 quid, no way. No chance. <laughs> not sort of 25, but I just think people saying, oh, Chelsea charged us 30, yeah, 38 quid, we should charge the same is nonsense because we, we all know that stadium will be fucking empty if they charge 38 quid for that game football. They never admitted they were wrong until uh, recently where they said, yeah, perhaps we got the pricing wrong there. It's like, well, hello. Anyway, we'll move on from that. We'll speak next uh, about this Newcastle game and the reaction to it. It should be hopefully a step up in performance. That is the bottom line there. And obviously the three points. Phil, medium Muppets. <laughs> What's in the trough this week? Well, you've already alluded to it. It's um, the, the shocking news that uh, Jurgen Klopp's going to stand down at the end of the season. And I think we need to make it clear that he's just standing down. He hasn't just suddenly passed away because that is what the coverage has been. It's been absolutely shocking. I mean, multiple tributes, shows, video shows, you know, Sky documentaries, headlines everywhere. And In all fairness to him, I'll get the compliments out of the way first. I think he's done a cracking job at Liverpool. Yeah, I, I like Klopp. I quite like yeah. him, yeah. yeah. He has his moments I'd where I don't, his... but for the most part, I think he's been good for the league. Oh yeah, he loves an excuse now and again, but don't don't all managers usually? I mean, I'd rate his performance higher than Pep's because he's no sovereign wealth behind him, just most of the national press, as you can see. Um, <laughs> the, the Daily Mail, now Daily Field, Daily Mail, whatever you want to call them, the headline was the pick of the bunch. It was a city in shock. It was a whole front page. I mean, inside you have a f- free Klopp tribute poster. You have a nine-page pullout called Thank You, Jurgen. It says special Liverpool edition, didn't it? Is this was this the one that went out to everybody, like the national paper? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't this just is... like in the Liverpool area for a paper oh, that is notoriously this... essentially banned from Liverpool after the that and the sun. Well, no, that's it? the sun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you're you're not you're not much better with the Daily Mail. But I mean, you have things in the front of it like Jurgen Klopp. Why I can't do this job in three wheels? Graham Sunnis, his timing has left me reeling. Oliver Holt, pain will be just like losing Shankly. And like I said before, City in shock. I mean, this is only three days or four days into the the announcement of Klopp leaving. We have months of this to go. And if you, <laughs> this is going to be, this is almost like a national newspaper going. Well, the Israel uh, Palestine conflict's not selling. Ukraine Russia's got a bit boring. Sunnis. Uh, boring what are we going to put on the cover you know we need to sell some papers oh let's at least sell some in liverpool yeah it's uh it's a bit is it way, way out there isn't it yeah and they're going early i mean by all means towards the end of the season 
you know, have it. Oh, you'll get end, it at the end of the season as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> just just going to be from now on, isn't it? I'm just surprised that Villa weren't scheduled to play Liverpool just straight after this announcement because it's the amount of times that we've played a team on an emotional need to win or an emotional high is uh, I lost count of it over the years. Well, Phil, you, you seem to uh, be forgetting that I think our last home game is against Liverpool, Liverpool at home. Yeah. That will be the one, and Liverpool will need to win this to give Klopp the farewell title he deserves, <laughs> and then we'll be the party party poopers, as we were in that uh, FA Cup semi-final when Gerard was hoping to toast his retirement from Liverpool with a FA Cup win, but uh, we pooped them then, hopefully we can In do my memory, again. strangely, actually, our record, when we've played Liverpool, because we've had them quite a few times on the last day of the season, and we've won quite a few times, if you remember the last day of the whole end, the, the season after, when yeah. we had to stay up, we beat them. Gerard Julio, when he was in yeah, the hospital. Last, last one, yeah, there's been a few. Right, quick thank you to all the mailmen said members for uh, supporting the show as per usual if you too become a my own Manson member you get access to ad free shows extra shows and also membership of the illustrious match club our 24 7 hang so please do go to my and click on the members link for more details there also i will be relaunching the merch shop on the site in the next week or so, so apologies if uh, over the last few weeks you've been trying to get a t-shirt or something but when i swapped the servers i didn't really test the setup on there for the shop and i think there was a few bugs or something because of the swap over so that will be completely redone so thanks for your patience there also make sure you follow the show on whatever podcast app you listen to so you get notifications when the next new one pops so until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project 
there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.